Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com or call 662-446-1048. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Swiftwater. You're coming up with someone that I've never heard of. That's that's my goal is to... You're finding you're finding some some niche places. I like that though. That's what, that's what Mississippi is. It is a state full of niche places, and most of them are really cool. So, just saying. Uh, so, there you go. Swiftwater is in Greenville or outside of Greenville. It's I guess. outside of Greenville. Yeah. You know, there there's a billion of those little places in the Delta. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Guarantee that there's like a good restaurant there or like a good uh, bar, one of the two. Notable people: Pete Shields, who played baseball in uh, 1915 and played for uh, Ole Miss. Well, there you go. And the Cleveland Indians played for the Cleveland Indians. Three career stolen bases. All right. Was he? Hold on a second. Oh, it's a, it has Ole Miss Rebel baseball coaches on here. Did he coach the the Ole Miss Rebels? Pete Shields? He did. He coached. He was the head coach at Ole Miss from 1923 to 1931. How about that? And he was uh, followed immediately by Tad Smith. Well, there you go. There you the go. more you know. The more you know. We learned a lot about Swiftwater, Mississippi today. Outstanding. This is a this this place more than anything. This podcast is informative. It is informative. It is informative. I've always felt the best podcasts are informative and entertaining, and we try to be both. Wherever you are in our <clears> great <throat> state, you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's just a click away. Strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. I tweeted out a link uh yesterday, and I've made it really clear. Mississippi State has their new state script hats. You need to get one as well. And they've got them in three different colors, maroon, white, and gray. So whatever you're looking for, they've got the great state script baseball caps to wear to the games this year, maybe with a state script polo. They've got maroon and white polos there as well with the state script. It's time to make a change. It's time to get away from the band rim. It's time to make yourself look like you're with the times, and you can do that with College Corner. Two locations to serve you. They're in Jackson. They're original by Fleet Feet, flowed by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant. They want to see you in there for lunch or for dinner this week, and you will not regret that decision. For lunch, it's the best blue plate in town. For dinner, steaks, chops, pasta, 
chicken. They've got it all. And then on Sunday, they have the best Sunday brunch available in the city of Starkville. When all three meals are under one place, that's the best restaurant in the city of Starkville. Go to the corner of Washington and Maine and head to the flagship restaurant in Starkville, Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations ready to serve you throughout central Mississippi. Guys, we say it all the time. You know, we talk about eating locally and shopping locally. Shopping it's important to bank locally as well. And it is important because when you're having to talk to somebody about a loan, do you want to talk to people you know or people you don't know? And it's really just that simple. When you have a relationship with the folks at Priority One Bank, you're talking to people that you know. If you're a Priority One Bank customer, you already know how great their app is. It's smooth, streamlined, and you do a lot more on it than just move your money around. PriorityOneBank.com to find a location near you. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Uh, No breaking news of any kind today. The SummerSlam cookout will have happened, but... uh, There, There is some breaking news. We have the first look at the Iron Claw cast. Okay, that, that that is exciting. I, I won't lie. I I asked. I, I tweeted at Bunky Perkins about this. So do they do they do they show Kerry winning the world title? And if so, who plays Flair? Hmm. I mean, that's got to make a the good, movie, right? You would think. Yeah. So so who? I mean, he, he definitely was a big part of that time period. Who would you cameo in there? I mean, Ryan Gosling just bleach blonde himself coming off of a Barbie. Could could he play Flair? <laughs> Is it a cameo there? Possibly. I don't know. Uh, are the Freebirds in this? I mean, that's why I got a lot of questions. Are Chris Adams and Gino Hernandez in here? What? what yeah, you got. You have to have Gino Hernandez have in there. He has his own little story. And saying Chris Adams too. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be that's going to be a fantastic I'll film. Just a crazy story. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was gonna, I was describing the SummerSlam thing that's tonight, or as we're recording tomorrow, as you're you know, it happened yesterday as you're listening. Um, but that being said, I am headed as soon as we get done recording here, I'm headed down to Pearl for the KLLM uh remote, and then I'm headed to Hattiesburg because we have a remote there on Friday at the Dixie Youth World Series. So I will not be able to, you know, a state could get four commitments tonight, and we just won't have anything to talk about. We'll just save that for Monday. Um, so it's, I thought today, since there's not a whole lot going on and, you know, the, the baseball portal stuff, just, we just continue to wait. We're just, we're just waiting all the time. There's a lot of waiting involved. You look like you want to say something. No, I, do, I, okay. do, I don't, I don't want to talk about it because it's very depressing to think about the possibilities. Well, let's move on then. What we're going to do is at least the reaction on the message board depresses me. I get, I got you. So. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have one of those fun shows today, one of those, you know, top five or or, or whatever it is kind of shows. And we we did a thing a few weeks ago where we talked about moments. And I, I was like, let's not focus so much on the game, let's not focus so much on the player as the moment. And so I, th- I thought we'd 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 narrow that focus today a little bit and talk about everybody's favorite, the egg bowl. It's everybody's favorite when state wins, at least. And so Robbie and I each have, and I'm sure I, I would imagine we we probably have a couple that are the same, but uh our favorite egg bowl moments. And uh Mr. Mr. Falk, I will concede the floor to you. You can go first. Okay. I, you know me, I like to do a traditional top five. That's that's how I do things. So um I'm gonna start with this is egg bowls that I've that I have 
physically witnessed. I wanted to go that direction I because these are the ones that I that I can remember the most. So number five on this list, and you said don't do games, do moments. Number five on this list is Dan Mullen grabbing a microphone after the Ooh, 09 Egg Bowl. That's a good and one. And telling people there's only one team in the state on the rise. That's because a good one. That you can argue that Houston Nut sparked it, but that moment right there sent this whole Egg Bowl thing into a different stratosphere. Nobody at Ole Miss cared about Dan Mullen all yeah. that much, other than the fact that he was the coach of Mississippi State. This was the start. This was the T-Sun. We're yeah. going to put their jerseys in, uh, on the ground to step on them. We're going to put stickers and urinals and pee on them. This was the start of it all. I and, feel like th- I feel like this really sparked it. And throw into there that Ole Miss at this point has gone just gone to the Cotton Bowl the year before, and they, yep. they come into Starkville in that game thinking they're going to the Citrus Bowl. They think the glory days are back with Houston Nutt, and they're about to become a big-time power. And Mullen really threw it in their face. It really was a shift. Like that, that game was a shift of everything because right after that, they had that terrible season in 2010. You know, um, lost to Jacksonville State that year. State just kind of went through the motions and beat them in Oxford in the Egg Bowl. And that was it for Houston Nutt um, the next year. So, that that was really kind of the start of it. Really was shifting. Mississippi State went from five and seven to competing for ten wins the next year. Ole Miss immediately started tailing a little bit. So, you know, those next two years, it was all Mississippi State, and Ole Miss was starting to dwindle. And that I feel like that Dan Mullen kind of coming to power and Mississippi State kind of taking over the rivalry again. That sparked Ole Miss really digging deep and trying to find it to make it a more, you know, back and forth deal. And Dan Mullen really, I think, threw a threw a you know match on the fire here. What's funny is State tried to make that a thing. You remember the next season, they started giving Mullen the mic before home games. And it, yeah. it, it couldn't recapture the magic, right? I do I do remember and I asked Matt White about this one time. He, Mullins, I think before they played Georgia, he said something about there, and we're going to win. And he just threw the mic at Wyatt, and Wyatt caught it. And I, I asked him, I was like, "Do you know he was going to throw that at?" He's like, "No idea. Had no clue he was about to throw the mic at me." But he caught it. That, that's a football player's like reflex. Athlete. Hashtag, hashtag athlete. But the unscripted Nate. I don't know whose brilliant idea it was. Say, you got anything to say? Here's the mic. But to catch Mo- Mullen in the moment, all that adrenaline pumping, and say that the words that he said, I mean, that was, it was very similar. You know, you go back, you go back to when Jackie Sherrill was hired and he went back and forth with Billy Brewer, but it was nothing like that. It wasn't on the field in front of, you know, 45, 50,000 people with, with all that going on. It, it just, it was, it was really the first time, maybe in a lot of people's lifetimes, that Mississippi State really publicly took a shot at Ole Miss and and let them know, hey, you know, things are different now. Well, I think, you know, when they, he was at – the game before – they lost the year before 45 nothing. Yeah. I think that – just was flat out embarrassed. Yeah. Um, I think that Mullen and Meyer had really pumped up all that at Utah – and like their rivalries yeah. there, and I di- I don't think that he fully grasped what the Egg Bowl was. I thought he thought that was going to be a fun little, you know, we need to make this game important. 
but I didn't. I don't think he. I don't think he fully grasped at the beginning how serious that this thing is. I mean, it's 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 the whole whatever all the stuff all the rivalries that he had in the past is that on steroids. Mm-hmm. So I I think that this was kind of like a, you know, the next few years he saw just how big of a deal this thing was. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think being on the field for that first one and and seeing the intensity of it. Yeah, that, that's that's a good call. That's a good call. Um for me, I I I I want I, I had to pick I wanted to pick a play where you not only did you know state was going to win, but you knew they had embarrassed Ole Miss. And so I went to the 2016 Egg Bowl and Fitzgerald uh not not the last touchdown that he scored, but the long run that broke the game open in the in, in the fourth quarter, like a, a like a seventy yard run where he just went. I mean, he just went straight up the middle and nobody touched him. And that to me is a just. I, I, anytime you can get that, that lets you know how badly you're dominating a team when you can go directly up the middle and nobody puts a finger on you. The only person who touched him was Zedrick Woods doing his patented. I'm going to shove you once you cross the goal line. Uh, thing that's not just a Zedrick Woods thing. That's an Ole Miss defensive back thing. Zedrick, if you can when find they're in the somebody. when they're when they've already hit the end zone, then they yeah. hit them. When they if you can find anybody touchdown. that loves you as much as Zedrick Woods loved shoving a guy who'd already scored, then you, <laughs> my friend, have found uh, true happiness. That game always stands out to me for, for especially for Mullen, who you know that was a tough season, I think, for Mullen because that team was a lot better than five and seven. But they were so poorly coached on the defensive side of the ball. Mullen had just been sold a bill of goods with Peter Sermon, had gone down there. I mean, I remember when we first met Peter Sermon and we first talked to him, and I walked out there thinking, this is a guy who could be a head coach in a couple of years. He's smart. He's a former NFL guy. He knows what he's talking about. And I, I, I was befuddled just as much as everybody else was. Um, befuddled. That's that's an underrated word. Thank you. I tried it. And, you know, that that team all year long they struggled. They even when they won, it was remember the Samford game and how just ugly that game was, and yeah. they'd having to score fifty plus points to beat a, a a division or an FCS team. They had just lost that game to Arkansas, where Arkansas didn't punt. There wasn't a lot. I don't think a lot of state fans thought they were going into Oxford and winning that game. And you had Shea Patterson who had taken over for Chad Kelly. He had gone to Texas A&M and won. Now, they lost the next week at Vanderbilt, but there was still a lot of hype around Shea Patterson being like the next guy, and he's going to be this great quarterback. And State just went in there and slapped them in the mouth. They put 55 points on the board, and that was the game that broke. You know, I, I love a touchdown where you can finally breathe, right? Where you're just like, this is a close game. They're going back and forth. I, I, th- I think they're going to win, but they're going to be okay. And then all of a sudden, it's 41 to 20, and you're like, okay, it's over. They've got them. Yeah, you, like you kept you kept waiting, like yeah, you know, for something bad to happen, and it just never did. It was kind of like the national championship in baseball. Like I feel like state fans are always waiting for something bad to happen, but it never did. I mean, it was just complete domination. Ole Miss just kind of just could not stop Mississippi State running the football. That was one of the first times where I realized Elton Jenkins was going to be a beast because yeah. the way they were pulling him. And he was getting out in front of the play. I was like, this dude is running down the field with Nick Fitzgerald and just wiping out everybody. And I think he was like a redshirt freshman 
yes. maybe yes. or something. Yes. And it was then I was like, this dude in this offense is going to be a monster. There's a play where he pulls out in front of Eris Williams in that game. And he's outrunning Eris Williams. He's, yeah. He's, I was like, give him the ball. Just, just that was like the yeah that was that was the moment I was like they're going to do some big things with it, with Elton Jenkins. State rushes moved like, like every position on the offensive line. State rushes in this game for well over 400 yards, but that long run that's what and he had had a long run earlier in the game where he didn't score. I think Deontay Anderson pushed him out at like the ten. They end up throwing a touchdown, but that Fitzgerald's stat line in this game is so weird. He only completed eight passes. He was like eight for nineteen, but three of them were for touchdowns. Yeah, and, and then he's and he's rushed for two more and had two hundred and ninety yards rushing. So him and Aries Williams just absolutely dominant. punished them. What's fun? Another thing that's funny about that game is if you watch the first half. I w- I remember being there thinking Aries Williams is going to break Anthony Dixon's record in this game in the first half, and then in the second half it became oh no Nick Fitzgerald is going to break. They both Aries ended up with like one hundred and ninety five yards. He was really close to having two hundred yards himself in that game. But that long run, I just remember. All of the state fans in that because the game had been back and forth, and you knew Ole Miss could score, and you knew State was bad defensively. But I remember the 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 feeling of joy in that stadium. Now, I could have picked Cedric Giles's pick six in this game because to me that is like the ultimate stomp in the face. Like it's all you've already blown them out, you've beaten them to death, and now you're going to go put up a double nickel on them. And, and, that, that was fun listening to uh, David Killam on that. By the way, could not he have was... been a happy camper. Uh, oh yeah, there goes Cedric Giles. So there good he for goes him. going down the sideline. I remember. I was like, "What? Was, did he bat down the pass? What? No, what he scored. No, he, he's he, in the end zone. Oh my took god, it sixty yards. What? And yeah, just just that was one of the weirdest games, but one of the most fun games I was ever a part of. But Fitzgerald's touchdown, I always remember. I always go back to it. So that's my number. That was one. the last Egg Bowl that I missed. I had to cover high oh, school god. basketball that night, and I was I was upset. I had to miss that, but and I was also moving into a new house. But uh, that was the last one I've missed. I've been to the rest of them since. All right. What do you got at number, uh, number two? Well, number four. I'm counting down five to four. That's right. Okay. I mean, five go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, number four on here, as far as moments are concerned, Derek Pegue's punt return in 2007. That's a good call. Now, this, this punt return tied, tied the ball game. Um, so, I, I'd, as I've said before, I had left the ball game. Yep, me I too. was there. I didn't witness this moment, but this technically counts. We'll count. Um, I had left the I had left the ball game. Was listening to this on the radio. Listened to Jack Crystal call this. I remember exactly where I was. It was old, on a uh, old twenty five heading to Louisville. So um, Derek Pegues, the ball, the the worst decision they could make here was that rugby style punt because the ball just like bounces into Pegues's hands. And he got a full-on sprint. And when he broke through the first group, it was over. And yeah. when that happened, you knew Mississippi State was going to win that ball game, Right. Because it, State had all the momentum. The, um, the, stop, the, the, uh, the stop around midfield on fourth down that people to this day believe cost Edward Ron his job, I, I'm one of those people. Um, that, sw- that completely flipped the game. State goes down, scores a touchdown with Anthony Dixon, I think, gets the ball game to seven points, and Pegues takes his punt back. Adam Carlson ends up winning the game with a, with a field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was a the punt that was a punt. 
I was with you though. I had left. It was, I left at four when it was fourteen nothing. I, I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I'm, I'm going home. And I lived, they couldn't do anything on offense. I lived five minutes away. I was like, I'm, I, I've never had an easier drive home. By the way, there's nobody on the road. Everybody's at the game. And yeah. so I got home and I turned the game on TV and I watched everything unfold. And I was like, Well, I'm going back to campus. And I went back to my tailgate spot. And everybody's like, Did you leave? I was like, I left. Yeah, you know, the one guy no. knew I had left. He was like, what he said something. I was like, look, I'm a believer that that when things happen, they have to happen the way they happen. So if yeah. I had stayed, I don't know that the state wins. That's well, what the, I, I told myself anyway. If you watch that game back, it was a terrible game for three quarters. It's all it was a really bad game. The fourth quarter was great. The fourth there was action. There was finally some movement by Mississippi State, but they could not do anything offensively for the first three quarters. It, w- it was almost like the the Auburn 3-2 to two game, but I'm not going to go there. Right. But it was. It was bad. Both teams were just awful the first three and a half quarters, really, of that one. That game, But yeah. you're, like, you're right. The game turns when State gets the fourth down stop. I think if you could go back and ask Orgeron 100 times out of 100, he would he would have punted. But that was not the decision he made then. It's uh, kind of like another uh, situation that I have coming up later, and I'll – I'll too. come back to that. Very good. Um, for me, everybody has their own personal favorite Egg Bowl. Mine is 1996. Uh, State wins in Oxford. They shut out the Rebels on a cold, nasty, muddy day. Wet. It was really wet. That's you know what? Never mind. Um, and Kevin Sluter. Picking up a fumble after uh, the eighth, or yeah, you know what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> Robbie is as red as a beet right this second. Um, but, you know, state sacked Patridge and Paul Head a, a combined, I'm pretty, I think it was 31 times in that game. It felt like 31 times. They just almost could not keep Greg Favors out of the backfield that day. And, he get they get a sack and Sluter Kevin Sluter picks it up and runs fifty plus yard. I mean a true big man touchdown. You had a big man touchdown last year in the Egg Bowl, but that's Ole Miss setting up a play for JJ Pegues and and he, you know that one yard touchdown. This is this is a two hundred and seventy pound defensive lineman running sprinting fifty plus yards. So that's a great play, but that's not the moment I'm talking about. So so. In, so they score and it makes it 15 to nothing. There's only like a couple of minutes left, right? Oh, obviously, State's going to win the game. Jackie goes for two. <laughs> he goes for two to make it 17 nothing. They get it. I'm pretty sure uh, they ran like a QB dive and Wyatt took it in. And then after the game, he's asked, Why did you go for two there? And he just hit him with chart says, Go for two. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that's my moment is Jackie Sherrill going for two up seven. I, I need to go back and find exactly how much time was left in that game when Sluter scored and see if I can do that real quick because I know there wasn't a lot. And it's almost as magical as Les Miles kneeling it at the two yard line against Ole Miss when they were up like 60 to nothing or whatever it was that game. I was at that game. I, I, I state that day was in Arkansas. Yeah. And I went, I had tickets. I went to Ole Miss LSU in Oxford and I, I was there with some of my cousins, including the infamous stallion. 
And I remember sitting there with him when when LSU took that knee with five minutes to go, and we were all just looking at each other like, now this is a family of people who we have watched as much football combined as anybody in America. And we were just like, I've never, ever seen this happen before. I've never seen a team take a knee at the goal line with five minutes to go. But The chart chart said. The chart said. Kneel it. I'm going to see if I can't find this uh, this game for Ole Miss here. Well, Hard to find play-by-plays well, yeah. in 1996. Like here, I'm, well, that's not what I want at all. Never mind. I'm just trying to find the box score. But anyway, there was. I just know that there wasn't a lot of time left. And Jackie just hit him with the – well, the, the, the chart said go. And, and, you know, what's funny about, funny that, about that is that a few that, years later, Jackie had a couple of times where he went for two – and it just made zero sense. And it was times where State was losing. Yeah. And then you start chasing points. Well, and then it turned into, well, the chart said, go for it. And people took that as, you know, no, I don't want that. But then it became uh, a thing. Kind of, oh, Ole Miss, damn y'all. So Ole Miss's box scores only go back to 98. Dadgummit. And I know State doesn't have them. I should be saying, dang it. To State. Oh, here we go. Football. That's Auburn. That's not helping me. Ah, well. Chart said go for two. So Jackie Sherrill's decision to go for two. Oh, oh, and also I should mention, that was on my 21st birthday. So, good day for me. Yeah. That's the last time the Egg Bowl was on my birthday, 1996. It was supposed to be in 2013, but they moved that game to Thanksgiving night. So, all right. Uh, we'll do one more each, and then we'll go to the uh, the breaks. So what do you got next? Uh, my number three moment is Dak Prescott entering in the fourth quarter in 2013. Uh, State was just if you if you go back to how all this transpired, Dak Prescott lost his mother the week I think it was the week of the Texas A&M game and had a really big game. The Texas A&M game played extremely well, got hurt. Some people thought he was his career was over. But that wasn't the case. But it was that he was not going to play for sure against Arkansas. I think Alabama too. And so they lost Alabama. Alabama. Uh, Tyler Russell started against Arkansas as well and gave Mississippi State a great effort. I think I think he got hurt in that ball game, and Damian Williams had to come in and Williams scores the touchdown. Yeah, in overtime. So. That that set up the opportunity for bowl eligibility in this Egg Bowl for Mississippi State. And Damian Williams had showed promise there, so people were not all that, I guess, uh, pessimistic about the game. People were people felt like Damian could handle it. Well, he was a little overwhelmed. That was a really good defense at Ole Miss. And State really wasn't able to do much of anything in the first three quarters, kind of like 07. And no one really thought that Dak Prescott could get out there and play. But he went to Dan Mullen and said, put me in the ball game." And I remember I was in the press box. That was my first Egg Bowl to cover. And I remember the feeling in the stadium when everybody saw Dak put his helmet on. And when – because at that point, he was starting to ascend a little bit and become the figure that he would become. So when they saw him get in that huddle and address the team and run on the field, it was a, okay, let's go. You know, if that's what it felt like in the entire stadium. And he 
led State to a touchdown, maybe not that possession, but the next possession. I can't remember exactly. No, he let him do a field goal. Field goal, okay. And then they ended up tying the game, taking it overtime. He scores in overtime, and then Nico Whitley does what he does. Mm-hmm. That there, that moment was when we really started to feel like Mississippi State had something special in Dak Prescott, that he mm-hmm. could put a team on his back and lead them to a win. And from there, had the incredible ball game against Rice and the uh, Liberty Bowl and became Mississippi State came what they became in 14. And Dak Prescott started to mature from that short yardage Tim Tebow type guy uh, when Tim Tebow was a freshman to a, a full arsenal quarterback. Yeah. 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 That game was 10 seven in the fourth quarter when, uh, when Dak comes That's in. That's right. That's right. Let him to a field goal. Let him to a field goal. I remember let him to a Wilson dri- made an incredible grab yeah. on that drive or on, on, the on, on the sidelines. And then had a chance to win it in regulation, and Sobes misses it. And then they go to overtime, and you have all the, those incredible those incredible moments. And there's another moment from that game, and we'll talk about it right now, and that's the final play of that Egg Bowl, where Nico Whitley, who we learn after the game, had torn his ACL during the season and yeah. just said... F it, I'll play with a torn ACL. You think about an ACL tear nowadays. That's a that's an injury where you're out at least eight to ten months, usually a year, and you come back and then you're good. And it's a pretty common injury these days. It happens, you have the surgery and you're fine. Nobody plays through a torn ACL, except for Nico Whitley, evidently the toughest human being that ever lived. Dan Mullen started started tearing up talking about him post-game. I had no idea. Nobody knew that that had happened. But he had been playing the entire year on a torn ACL. Had an interception in this game as well. But he strips to Wallace. Gets recovered by Jamerson Love in the end zone. Who I always remember Jamerson Love like has that brief moment that's that like you can see a little flash of him like a millisecond where he's like, do I bring this out? Yeah. Well, bring it, and then he realizes, no, 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 just step out of bounds, and the game is over. So some the crazy thing about Nico IQ too, there, yeah. The crazy thing about Nico, the week before against Arkansas, he had forced a fumble inside the red zone mm-hmm. that saved the game and sent the game. I think ended up sending the game to overtime in that game. Yeah. So he essentially saved Mississippi State's season. Yeah. And imagine that. Imagine that um, twenty fourteen season or. The end of the 2013, had Mississippi State lost one of those games, had Nico not made those plays, had Dak not come to those and end the game, if State was five and seven, I don't know if they have the season that they did in 14. I, I really believe, I truly believe those last three games catapulted them into what they had happen in 14. I truly believe that. And in all honesty, that season could have been even better. They should have beat Auburn. On the road, that was a game that was there for the taking. I mean, the season could have been even better than it was in, in six in uh, thirteen. And then, of course, the other part of this uh, moment is whatever it is that Nico Whitley said to Bo Wallace. Basically, he teabagged him, yes. and then he had something to say. I, Bo knows what it is. Nico Whitley knows who it is. What it is? Maybe a few others. I, I am not one of them, unfortunately. Um, if I ever get the chance to meet Nico Whitley, I never have. I that is the first question I'm going to ask him. 
So we'll see. I'd also like to introduce the people that calls that call him a thug for that. Yeah. Uh, Introduce him to his face. Yeah. So that'd be great. All right. Let's move on into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. We want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. This weekend and every weekend, grilling season still going on strong here in Mississippi. That means you need to be firing up the grill. I ate a steak last night. I had never had a flat iron steak before, but that is a good piece of meat. Bought it at the grocery store, like a 14-ounce steak, only like nine bucks, two minutes aside in the pan, a little salt, a little pepper. That was that was really good. That's a steak I'm going to be buying more of. And that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, everybody gets sort of, you know, zoomed, locked in on fillets and ribeyes. There's so many great cuts of steak available for you every day when you go to the grocery store, when you go to the meat market. So check them out. Talk to your butchers. Talk to your meat market guys. They know what's up, and they'll set you in the right direction. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. If you're going to be in Starkville, you need to make a trip to Two Brothers for some smoked wings, some pork rind nachos, and perhaps a prime rib sandwich. One of the best sandwiches I've ever had. It's great. The people are great. Great patio. They've got live music on the weekends. It's just an awesome experience every time you're at Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for 48 years. And nobody's staying in business that long unless they are taking care of their customers. So when you need technology for your business, call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you call them back and you talk to the same people who made you the sale. That's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Todd outside. You need to cool down with a sweet treat from our good friends at Dolce, 509 University Drive. A lot going on under one roof. Open 730 Tuesday through Saturday. They're there for breakfast with coffee, bagels, and breakfast sandwiches. They're there for lunch with uh, with the, a great selection of artisanal grilled cheeses. And then whenever you want, there's gelato, there's milkshakes, ready to cool you off. I mean, Robbie is sweating. I mean, I wish you could see this. Man, the man is is just covered in perspiration. Robbie, you need to go to Dolce today, cool off with a delicious milkshake. Uh, I might have to do that. It do is it. the humidity outside is unbelievable. And I've been I've been working with sod for the last two days. I I need to yeah. treat myself. I'm itching just thinking about what you've been doing. So yes, treat fun. yourself to a delicious treat at Dolce. We have an we have an answer to our question that opened the show. Aaron Dean Eisenberg is playing Ric Flair in the Iron Claw. This guy looks nothing like Flair. I can't wait to see how they pull this off. We have to cook Jesse. That's what it's Eisenberg. Yeah, it's, but it's it's Eisen with an E, not Heisen with an H. This guy looks. So how do you spell his first name? Aaron A A A R O N A A Ron. All right, let's 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 get a look here. This guy looks nothing like Flair. What? What? Yeah. Oh my God! I mean, slap a blonde wig on him and on. show him from the side. I, need to I guess Google it'll work. the guy that they got playing Fritz too. Hold on, I want to. So his name is Holt McAlaney McAnally. Hold on, if I can get this. Holt, nice. Holt. That's a good Texas sounding name, I'll tell you. All right. Oh, okay. I know who that guy is. He's in a. Did you watch Mind Hunter? Yes. It's that guy. Oh, the 
the guy that plays the detective? He was Bill Tench. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's playing, a good. That's actually that's a good, good one. He looks. That's like That's actually him. a good That'll pick. Work. So. Yeah. And then they said that MJF might be in this movie. I think he actually He's is going to be Lance, the the Von Eric that was not actually a Von Eric. Okay. So. I I knew that he was going to be in the movie. I just didn't know what he was going to be. I guess I guess this might be done before Mike was was big in there because they have Carrie David, who's the one who died first, and then yep. Kevin is that's who Zach Efron is playing. So, when does this movie come out? Do they say David was the was David the oldest? David was, was the he, oldest. The, he was the yeah. one that died in Japan in, in Japan, his hotel. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So and then the guy who's the bear is playing Carrie, the guy from the bear. Are you watching the bear? No. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? I, I know of Hulu the about the about the the chefs. Yeah. Yeah. That the lead character from that is playing Carrie. He's he's built enough that I could see him as Carrie. So 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 Efron is who? Kevin. Kevin. Okay. You know the only one that the only one that lives. The only one still alive. You knew Efron, the star of the movie. They had to keep him alive. so he can be in their duration. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. All right. What's your number uh I'll go. I'll go here so that you can go last. <clears throat> Number two. Well, well sure. Uh, you've only done. No, I've done three. Two. You done I've three? Done three? I've done Fitzgerald's long run in sixteen. Jackie going for two, and Nico Whitley uh, last play of the game. Okay, I thought you were talking. To, I thought you were just commenting on. Oh no no no! That that was my moment. Was number three. Okay. Okay. Interesting so, that we had. Yeah, the same the, game. Well, and, and also, I'm not ranking mine, so I just, I just sort of, I could have said it anytime, but I decided to play off of yours since you already were there. Uh, Segway. I know. I'm a, I'm a professional. Uh, I'm gonna go with a 98 Egg Bowl here. I should just say the whole game. That's the whole thing. Is a moment. The best moment was drinking champagne in the Grove, uh, underneath the Arch of Champions. Glad that you actually got some real champions to sit underneath that arch for you. It was fantastic. Uh, Ooh. Bless Ooh, sorry. You. But to me, the 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 play that b- breaks that game open is Desenzo Miller's uh, touchdown. That game was close. JJ Johnson was hurt, and then the state really couldn't do a whole lot. They hit a couple of big pass plays here and there. Uh, they just missed on a couple of big pass plays here and there. But they throw a screen out to Desenzo, who's a true freshman, by the way. This is his mm-hmm. first year at Mississippi State. State had brought in State had brought in three top rated running backs in that one class. Desenzo Miller. Justin Griffith and Pig Prather. Now yeah. Prather obviously goes to the other side of the ball, but that's they hit on all three. All three of those guys were great college football players for Mississippi State. Uh, but Miller gets the touchdown there. Uh, famously, he had some uh, some words for Ole Miss uh, when he crossed the goal line. I will not repeat those words here, but if you know, you know. Um, and then from there, State just has complete control of the game. Uh, finishes with the Tim Nelson pick six. Um, it also finishes with some Ole Miss fan. Nearly taking Jackie Sherrill's monster paw right in the mouth because he said, <laughs> "If you go back and watch the, the 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 video, he somebody said something to Jackie and he goes after him, and the players are having to hold him back." And I just tell you, getting punched by Jackie Sherrill will there will be internal trauma from that. I, I've said it many. Yeah, times. he would he would he would have heard from somebody's daddy. Jackie Sherrill, I've said it many times on the show, has the biggest hands of any human being I've ever encountered in my life. I don't have, I'm a, for a guy that's pretty big, I don't have big hands, but I shook hands with Jackie once and literally like two of my hands could have fit in his hand. I've <laughs> never seen a human being with a bare paw like he has on the end of his arm. It's incredible. 
The guy must have been an incredible receiver in college because he there's no way anything escaped his grasp. I never seen anything like it. I oh, was wearing some wearing a few ones. rings on his fingers too. Yeah he, yeah, he had like one of his cotton bowl rings. I mean that, that thing had to have been like he could have put my arm through it. It was just, it's, <laughs> I, freak of nature. That's why I love that picture of him and Tuberville shaking hands at the end of the Auburn game. And you can see Jackie is his hand is just it's halfway up Tuberville's arm. It's almost to his elbow. <laughs> it's so much, it's so much bigger. So and he probably squeezed the mess out of it too. Oh, you can tell. I I've often if I had money, I would commission a painting of that picture and hang it over my fireplace. I love it so much. But I wish Jackie Sherrill would run for Senate just so he could get in the, into the Senate and debate Tommy Tuberville and then have to beat him again. Um <laughs> Yeah, but that that that's the touchdown. That I mean, because that's the that's where state wins the West, you know. And I think people, a lot of people, don't remember this that state had to win that game. They had to win in Oxford. They they had taken first place, but if they had lost that game and Arkansas had won the next week, the next the next day against LSU, which they did, state would not have gone to Atlanta. So the state had to have that Egg Bowl. And you know, you you've got everything else going on. Tuberville's lied to everybody, and and of course that's you know like a par for the course, but you know, he's, he tells everybody he's not going to Auburn, but he's going to Auburn. He's getting on a plane the next day and he's headed to Auburn. Um, you win the West in your rival stadium. This was really, to me, this was the peak moment of the Jackie Sherrill era was this win in Oxford and Desenzo Miller's again, that's the touchdown where you could breathe. You know, it's 14 to six and you're like, they're still kind of in it. You know, even though they don't have their starting quarterback Romero Miller couldn't play that day. He was hurt. They had brought David Morris off the bench, and I was I was convinced, Robbie. I remember going to that game, thinking like, this is the setup for him to become like a storybook hero. David Morris leads them and spoils Mississippi State season, and I was just I was convinced. And David Morris doesn't he run that quarterback country he does. now? He does. Yeah, but State goes and gets the win, and like I said, this is again I like a touchdown where I can breathe, and this was one of them. So Desenzo Miller's long touchdown catch, ninety eight Egg Bowls, my number two. Okay. Uh, my number two is the piss and the miss. Um, I left I've said this before. Be Brian and I, I think you were with me on the sidelines pregame. Okay. Yeah. And we like, I remember hearing from somebody that this is it for Joe Morid. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, we felt strongly that was going to be Joe Morid's last. And that was it for State. Matt Luke. Yes. Well, Keith, remember Keith Carter had come out and said that they stand behind Matt Luke. Yeah, but we know, knew what he's that not was. going. But I, I think that that I think that what happened in that game escalated that, and what happened in that game allowed Jim Morehead to have his job at least for another month. But um, I went down on the field, stood in the in I stood on the sidelines. That's uh, that's when I was standing by Joel Coleman when he's taking like selfies with Austin Riley, and it's like fourth down for Ole Miss. Um, Matt Corral comes in the ball game because they had just completely neutralized um, John Rice Plumley at that yes. point, which was really and, surprising. He had run yeah. on everybody that year. Yeah. So Matt Corral just throws up an absolute prayer that Braylon Sanders somehow just happens to be under for a sixty-yard catch to keep it alive. You know what? And, you know what the down and distance was? 
fourth and 20 something. It was fourth and 25. It was the same down and distance as that Arkansas play. And I was, was like, it? Oh my God, have they gotten back? Have they gotten, you know, revenge for that play? Well, it was just like improbable that play even happened. You're just like, Oh my God, can you just I, make this end? I was talking to our friend Houston Smith on the sidelines before that. And I just remember looking at him. I was like, don't even say anything. Don't even don't think anything. Just let this game play out. And then that play happens, and I turn around, I look for him. He was gone. He said, he told me later, he's like, I knew you were going to be looking for me. I got away. Yeah, well, they they kept, the the game kept being kept alive. There was like Mm -hmm. 30 seconds left, and they kept calling these bogus pass interference, Mm -hmm. personal fouls and stuff, and it just kept, things just kept staying alive. And then Elijah Moore scores the touchdown, hikes his leg. I remember it, it felt like, Everything slowed down to slow motion. Never saw it. Elijah Moore is crawling, and I'm like, oh, 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 no. I knew exactly what was happening in that moment. Mm -hmm. And he hikes his leg, does the thing. The flag goes in the air, and I turned to Paul Jones, and I said, they just lost the game. Mm -hmm. That just lost the ball game. Yeah. Because they come out, and if if you watch the game back, the, the who's the kicker, Luke Logan or something? Yeah, that's correct. If you watch the game back, not a good kicker. The fear in his face is yeah. just he, he is scared. He crap. knows. He knows what's and, about that. And happen. somebody comes up to him is like, "You got this, man." He's like, He's "Oh like, yeah, 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 I got yeah, it." I got I, the, I got and when the dude turns around, he's like, "I don't got it. I don't got it." <laughs> He's he kicks that, and it shows him crawling on the ground. Yeah, yeah, back he, to the sidelines. Another thing I remember about that is looking up and seeing Jerry and Jones running to the Ole Miss sidelines. He was he was in a mood. It's just hilarious to think about because like three months later he's begging Ole Miss to come he to their wa- school. So. He was wanting to go to Ole Miss. Yeah, I, so that that moment was is up there, one of the wildest moments in the history of this robbery. I've talked about it. So like where I was on the sideline, I had no idea what had happened. I just see the flags come out, and I just assumed somebody had said something that that somebody had said or cursed or something. I was like, okay. And then, you know they don't ever. Sh- I, I don't. I don't remember them showing a replay of what he did on the jumbotron. And I, immediately for me, I'm looking over at the old Miss sideline. So I'm thinking, yeah. okay, they're going to go for two here for sure. There's no yeah. reason to kick. Don't go to overtime. You've got the momentum. Get the win. And Luke puts up one finger, and I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. And then I look, I'm like, wait a minute. They're, they're oh, what's going on here? And I also remember seeing Moorhead very, very clearly. Because the referee comes out and says the penalty will be assessed on the kickoff, and Moorhead starts sprinting out to him. Is like, no, we want it on, on the extra point, and yeah. and, and the referee's like, no, I'm sorry, it's it's, it's uh, on the extra point. And as soon as they push it back, you know, I had been talking to Rippy before the game, and he was like, if it comes down to a field goal, Ole Miss is screwed. This guy's not any good. And I was just like, this is a long, I don't know. And as soon as it was off his foot, I was like, nope. And the rest is history. That was great. What a butterfly effect. I mean, I don't know how everything goes. I don't think Mike Leach ever coaches at Mississippi State if State loses that game. Because I no. think I, I think it's Billy Napier. I think Napier was ready to come. And then when State backed out on him, they couldn't go back to him. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's just speculation on my part. I don't know. And I uh, think I think Billy Napier would have worked at Mississippi State. Oh, maybe, maybe. He's a perfect fit for Mississippi yeah. State, and then for for especially with with what you had with Schrader 
that would fits his offense really well. Well, I'm just talking about like the the culture aspect. Yeah, no, the, I agree. I agree. You know, he's a very hard nosed coach, but I agree. also like he always reminded me of Dan Mullen, but a better recruiter. Yeah, and then you know, I don't know that Luke survives even if they win. I still think they would have gone. But what happens if he doesn't and they don't get Kiffin? I mean, what what is Ole Miss right now? So I don't know. Huge butterfly effect from from just that one decision. And what, one thing that's like, and I don't know if Mississippi State fans would agree with this, but it was kind of nice to see the net. You know, that's the kind of play that could have defined Elijah Moore. Instead, yeah. the next year he became the the best receiver in the history of Ole Miss. He had the best receiving season they ever had. Yeah, no, you you do you have to respect that. You yeah. have to respect the fact that he could have easily just completely yeah. fallen apart. I mean, I go back to the image of him when I'm watching the game back, and during that play, during the field goal miss, he's sitting on the sidelines with that NWO belt on his yeah. shoulder. Nobody said anything to him. <laughs> like they just let him. I'm like, how are y'all celebrating this guy? <laughs> I always, I always they laugh when him the belt after he Luke, just Luke said. Luke says after the game, he's like, "That's not us, and that's not what we're doing." Like, Matt, this happened the last time you were here, and it happened yeah, that, again. That, that is, is one hundred percent you. This yes. is what you you teach. So, yes. So that's a good one. I didn't have it on my list because I didn't actually see it live. I, I I've only seen replays of it, which makes me sad. I wish I could have. I wish I'd had a better view. Man, that thing was 10 feet in front of me. Oh. It was wild. All right. I will be surprised if we don't have the same number one here. What do we call it? We will. Is it, it's gotta, is it the kick, the pick? The kick, the kick, the pick, and the kick. It's the double kick. There's two kicks in there. I wish there was another way to. Some people call it the tip, I think. The it's tip, a, the kick, the tip, tip the pick, hand. and the kick. It's the kick, it's the kick, the, the pick, and the kick. The kick, the pick, and the kick. To this day, the silliest thing I've ever seen in in an egg bowl. Um, a game that Mississippi State had no business winning. Uh, but Ole Miss make again, that that's two egg bowls now we've mentioned where Ole Miss did something that is completely stupid. stupid. Maybe three. That's three. Three. That's three things. You know, you've got why do you go for it on fourth down? Why do you taunt? And now this. Uh, you know. Ole Miss had all the momentum in that game. State comes back to tie the game. They do a good job tying the game up. But State had not stopped Deuce McAllister all night. Not not, not at all. And that two, Deuce McAllister, may, from an Ole Miss perspective, might be the best Egg Bowl player of all time. Dominated State. Yeah, he did. And I think back to... Uh, I think back to that decision to throw the ball there. And I mean... We had Cutcliffe on with us, and I kind of made a joke about it because I, I wasn't in on the interview. I was like, he's like, Richard says, you don't want to be on this? I was like, no, because as a Mississippi State guy, Coach, I, I'll have to ask about the 99 Egg Bowl. And he just laughed and gave me like the, the Samford heart attack thing. And he's just like, that was just bad coaching is all it was. And I was like, you're not wrong. Um, I think it just comes down to, you know, a pride thing and yeah. ego I mean, I, I mean, think if you go back in time like, again, he would just go to the overtime and then take his chances in overtime. State hadn't done much offensively. They probably almost probably wins the game. Yeah. But uh, uh they they throw the ball off. Robert Bean, Robert Bean is one of the most underrated players in MSU history. Because he played with Smoot, everybody remembers Smoot because he was so brash. And I love Fred Smoot, but Bean was so good his two years at state. 
the body control, because I, I agree with Kirk Street. he meant to kick that. He didn't just throw a leg up. He knows the ball is there. And he's like, I'm going to try to get something on it. And he tips it up to Eugene Clinton. One of my favorite images of this, and if you go back and find this on video, you can see it, is as soon as the Eugene Clinton catches the ball, there's an Ole Miss assistant coach who hits the ground like he's been shot. <laughs> he literally just collapses in agony as Eugene Clinton takes off. There's another great part to this play is right at the very end when Eugene Clinton is getting pushed out of bounds, Ole Miss tight end Adam Bettis is running towards the play, and MSU defensive lineman John Hilliard absolutely <laughs> cleans him out. Left nothing behind. A play that would be completely illegal. It would be a 15-yard penalty today. But a, a total blindside shot. Pettis has no idea who you're just standing there. And he, he just crushes him. And I, I have watched that hit as much as I have watched any MSU highlight you'll ever see. I, I have been I when I had the ninety nine year of the comebacks VHS tape, I may have rewound that to the point where there was like interference on on the videotape that you're like, okay, uh, what's coming up? <laughs> Just an unbelievable moment. And then of course it leads to the, the to Brian or uh, Scott Westerfield's uh field goal. I, I always remember Mike Tarico's little like soliloquy at the end where he's talking about, you know, for Jackie Sherrill and for Wayne Madkin and He's like, and how your heart breaks for Romero Miller, and I was just like, not mine. <laughs> mine didn't break, Mike. It's it's uh, my heart's never been fuller. Um, I've always there's another guy I've mentioned him a few times here on the show, but there was an Ole Miss fan like a section over from us, and he, I mean, the whole game he was just he would not stop running his mouth, Robbie. He would not stop when that kick came in. It was like. Like flies are like flies to raw meat, man. Every state, there was like 20 state fans. They ran, they jumped over there to get in that guy's face. They show him on the broadcast. Like you can't see it as well nowadays because it's not the same. But like he's just looking at the camera like, I hate everything. It's, it's so fun. <laughs> so all of that combined, but the 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 moment of the I remember, you know, we had season tickets back then. Now we were in section, I think it was at the time it was called Section V, I believe. I had a pretty good angle, and I remember seeing that ball pop up in the air, and I can remember just going, "Oh, just, just that's all I said." Oh, <laughs> and I, it comes down in his hands, totally berserk. One of the craziest plays in college football history. I loved it. That's my number one. Good mind too. Yeah, make it easy on us. All right, did a pretty good job to not have the same ones for most of that. I figure that would be the case, though. Because we yeah. get with different people. So, uh, all right. Tomorrow, our Monday show, we'll recap if anything recruiting wise happens this weekend, SummerSlam, baseball, whatever. Uh, next week, looking ahead, uh, we have an SEC preview to do. We'll do Texas AM on Tuesday. Uh, and then our opponent preview will be South Carolina. So, my handsome young son, Ben Portnoy, uh, will be joining us uh, to talk about the Gamecocks and what is probably the biggest game on the schedule for Mississippi State when you really get right down to it. Uh, and plus, next week, uh, camp is going to be getting started up. So we'll have plenty to talk about uh, next week on Thunder and Lightning. For, for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.